Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. All right, so when you're standing on top of a 14er or some mountain and you look out at the expanse before you, that's the work of God's hands. When you go on vacation later this summer and you're sitting at the beach, you look out at the ocean in front of you and see the expanse in front of you and beneath you, that's the work of God's hands. When you go visit Flat Old Boy, Nebraska, where my wife and I are from, and you see the expanse of the sky rolling upon itself over and over again, that is the work of God's hands. So God's creation, not only the physical parts of it, but everything in between shows us how big and beautiful and creative he is. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. The book of Psalms consists of words of mourning and words of joy words of lament and words of praise. While it can be difficult for us to relate to the exact challenges spoken of in this book, we can all relate to the emotions those challenges elicited in the writers. Emotions of discouragement, despair, hopelessness, and rejection. While the writers grapple with how to process their people's pain, they learn they can still offer praise to God for His love and faithfulness. In this series, we will examine the challenges the people of Israel faced and draw from their faith as they looked forward to a Messiah who would one day save them. And on this side of the cross, we can look at this book to see how God was faithful in sending Jesus to save us and how God is still faithful to see us through whatever difficulty we have. Please enjoy the message. All right, well, if you got your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 19 this morning. Psalm 19, as we work through another week in our series in the book of Psalms. If you've been with us the last several months, you know that we've been in this series through the book of Psalms as we've looked at Psalms with different themes. We've looked at Psalms of confession, Psalms of worship and reverence, Psalms about God's word. Well, one theme that is very common in the book of Psalms that we haven't covered yet is that of God in creation, his physical world. And so that's what we're going to look at in Psalm 19 this morning. So to kick things off today, let me pull the congregation. Raise your hand if you have ever hiked a Colorado 14er before. Yes, plenty of other crazy people in the room like myself. This is great. Well, Heidi and I had our first chance to hike a 14er uh, several years ago. And ever since then, really just fell in love with the whole world of hiking. And for myself, Specifically, somebody allowed me to have the incredibly dumb decision of trying to hike all of them. So I'm on a personal quest to hike all 58 14ers in Colorado before I turn 58 years old. Not to brag too much or anything, but I'm well on my way with uh, three down. So we're, uh, we're getting there. But <laughs> now for those of you who have hiked a 14er, I don't know if your experience is anything similar to mine. But if it is, it usually goes something like this. The night before, I'm packing my bag with all my snacks and clothes. I'm like looking at the trail map one more time, getting really excited and nervous at the same time, but get it all taken care of and then go to bed. But then I have to wake up literally in the middle of the night to get to the trailhead in time. I didn't even sleep that well because I was both excited and nervous at the same time. So now I'm tired, I'm sleep deprived, my coffee hasn't kicked in yet, and I gotta drive two hours into the mountains just to get to the trailhead in the pitch black of night. What's the first thing that hits me when I step out of my car? 
the cold, frigid mountain air. So at this point, I'm annoyed, I'm tired, but I just load everything up and I say, let's get going because I got a long trail ahead of me. And then I go for hours and hours of hiking and I'm tired and I'm starting to sweat like crazy because apparently I'm not in as good of shape as I thought I was. So the, the sweat's all over my back, but the sun hasn't risen yet. It's cold and I'm annoyed. I'm starting to feel hungry. My knees start hurting in ways that I didn't think was going to happen until I retired. And then the story goes on and on. But after struggling for hours and miles on the trail, you get to the very, very top. And you get to enjoy a view like this. This absolute beautiful creation. And you can observe the world, the beauty that God created out of nothing with the power of his voice alone. And I'm in awe and humbled when I look at the forest running up the side of the mountains, when I hear the wildlife around me, when I see the sun glistening off some alpine lake 2,000 feet beneath me, and I see how big and beautiful the God I serve is. Listen to some of these stats about the magnitude of God's creation, the physical world, okay? I can't even wrap my mind around some of these things, okay? An adult human body has over 60,000 miles of blood vessels in the circulation system, okay? That's enough to go around the world almost two and a half times, one body. All right, according to scientists, they estimate that there are 8.7 million species of plants and animals on the earth, 8.7 million different types of species. Get this one about the galaxy in the universe, okay? The Milky Way galaxy has, has a few hundred billion stars in it by itself, and our galaxy is one of just over 100 billion known galaxies that exist out there. That's how big the universe is. Now, I think we have a hard time understanding sometimes the difference between millions and billions and trillions, so let me illustrate it for you this way, okay? One million seconds from right now would take us to June 22nd, 2023. That's 12 days from now. All right, that's a million seconds. All right, a billion seconds from now would take us to the year 2054. That's 31 years from now. That's the difference between a million and a billion. All right, take that idea out further. A trillion seconds from now would take us to the year 33,711 AD. And even in a year so far into the future, a cat would still be the worst house pet that you could have. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that one in there at some point. But. All right, our God is big, is what I'm trying to show you. He is a creator, and he has shown himself to us through his creation. And that's what Psalm chapter 19 talks about. So with all that being said, let's jump into our text. We're going to start out right away in verse 1. David says this, the heavens declare the glory of God and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to the whole earth and their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming home, coming from his home. It rejoices like an athlete running a course. It rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat. 
So the first section of Psalm 19 here, David speaks to the physical created world and says how that displays God's power and beauty. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. A couple of notes from the first section here, okay? David says that the heavens declare the glory of God and that the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Some of your translations might say something like the heavens above or the skies proclaim the work of his hands. My translation says the expanse. Now, some of you Bible scholars in the room, when you hear the word expanse, you immediately think of what? Genesis chapter 1, right? When God creates the world, he speaks about the expanse, okay? So let's take a look at that. This is Genesis chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Then God said, let there be an expanse between the waters, separating water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse sky, evening came, and then morning the second day. All right, so that's the same exact word in Hebrew in Genesis chapter 1 of Psalm 19. And David says that that expanse proclaims the work of God's hands. Now, this is really an interesting idea to me because when you think about the concept of an expanse, what is it? It's a whole big area of nothingness, right? It's just a large, it's just a large body of air. And yet David is saying even that proclaims God's work, right? So it's not just the physical aspects of creation, forests, trees, rivers, mountains, the stars, the heavens. Even the emptiness in between shows us how big God is. All right, so when you're standing on top of a 14er or some mountain and you look out at the expanse before you, that's the work of God's hands. When you go on vacation later this summer and you're sitting at the beach you look out at the ocean in front of you and see the expanse in front of you and beneath you, that's the work of God's hands. When you go visit Flattled Boyne, Nebraska, where my wife and I are from, and you see the expanse of the sky rolling upon itself over and over again, that is the work of God's hands. So God's creation, not only the physical parts of it, but everything in between shows us how big and beautiful and creative he is. So then David goes on and he describes this reality by talking about how the heavens 
pour out their speech day after day, night after night. He says that their message has gone out to the whole earth and that they communicate knowledge. Now, this is a bit of poetic irony because David is saying that these non-human things who don't actually talk like you and I do are communicating knowledge. They're revealing who God is. And so even, even the things that can't talk not even people, just, just the physical aspect of creation shows us how good and big God is. And then he goes on to describe how, um, how the, the, the physical aspect of the sun and the way that it goes across the sky. It's like a bride, or it's like a groom heading home to his family. It's like an athlete set on their course trying to finish the race. All right? Now let me pivot for a second and say this. According to church growth experts, if I want to grow a church and make it bigger and have more people come, I'm supposed to stay away from like any type of academic or brainy like wording when I preach because apparently that like scares people away and feels, feels too much for them. So the problem with that is I'm too much of a nerd to, talk about any, to not talk about theology, as some of you know. And secondly, the Bible is full of plenty of theology, and I'm more concerned about what it says than what church growth experts say, okay? So let me say this to you. In the world of theology, this whole concept we're describing is known as general revelation. General revelation is the idea that we can know a little bit about who God is in a very general sense by just looking outside and looking at the physical creation, looking at the stars, but we can't know everything about God but we can know some about who he is and know that he's there, all right? There's a couple of verses in the New Testament that show this to us, all right? First, we're gonna read out of Acts chapter 14. Now, at this point in the book of Acts, Paul and Barnabas are on one of their missionary journeys. They just performed some miraculous signs of the power of the Holy Spirit to these Gentile uh, people. They start freaking out because they think that the gods have come down from heaven and they start worshiping Paul and Barnabas because of these works that they do. Paul and Barnabas then respond with these words in Acts chapter 14. He says, people, why are you doing these things? We are people also just like you, and we are proclaiming good news to you that you would turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to go their own way, although he did not leave himself without a what? A witness. Since he did what is good by giving you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food in your hearts with joy. Now jump over to chapter one of the book of Romans. Paul talks about the same idea of general revelation with these words, one of the most common go-to passages for the, for the topic of general revelation. He says this, for God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and his divine nature have clearly been seen from the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without an excuse, all right? So what these verses are showing us is that part of who God is can be seen in the world that he created. 
Now, let me bring this home to you in your life for a second, okay? You go hiking, and you get to the top of a 14er. That's general revelation. You're getting to see God's power and his beauty. You sit down with your family for your weekly movie night, and you enjoy that time and soak it in. That's general revelation. You're learning that God is loving and relational. You feel incredibly productive at the end of a hard week of work. That's general revelation because you're learning that God himself is hardworking as well. You meet up with a friend over a nice cup of coffee or at a really good restaurant with great food. That's general revelation. You are getting to learn that God will always provide for you and give you what you need. So part of who God is can be seen through general revelation, but it's not enough for saving knowledge. In order to experience salvation and to know God more, we have to look at him through a different lens. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. In 2010, NASA launched what is called the Solar Dynamics Observatory. The purpose, goal of the Solar Dynamics Observatory was to capture some pictures of the sun. I believe I have a rendition of it. Get up close to the sun, snap several different pictures of it. So after it's launched and into space, the Solar Dynamics Observatory captured the first picture of the sun in what is just a kind of very classic general looking picture of the sun. It's round. It's yellow. It looks like a sun, right? Now, if you look really closely at this picture, kind of towards the top, the top third, you see some black spots. Well, these are areas of the sun where gas is being emitted at a little bit of a cooler temperature, apparently, than the rest of the area. And for whatever reason, it shows up black and darker. So you look at a picture like this, you go, that's great. There's a big yellow ball in space that's called our sun. It's nice. The interesting thing about the Solar Dynamics Observatory is that it had the ability to capture images in X-ray as well. Now, X-rays are invisible to our eyes. We can't see them. It's the same X-rays you go like when you're at the dentist, right? So the very same day, the Solar Dynamics Observatory captured a picture of the sun in X-ray vision, and it displayed as this. Look at this difference. You see so much more detail 
in both how dark it is and how light it is in different spots. If you were to zoom in, those same black spots, you can see where that gas is being emitted. And if you were to zoom in real closely, these are large solar flares that are bigger than the size of the Earth itself. So when you look at the sun in a different lens, you get a much clearer picture of what it actually is and a better understanding of what is actually there. That's what we need to do when it comes to God and the way that he's revealed himself to us, which is where David goes in the next part of Psalm 19. So with all that being said, let's pick it back up. This is verse 7 of chapter 19. David says this, the Lord's, excuse me, the instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and in keeping them there is an abundance reward. And so in this middle section, David then shifts and he starts talking about God's law. Now at first, you might be caught off guard by this. You're like, hold on, wait a second. We were just talking about like the heavens and the sun and the expanse and all this like physical creation. And now we're talking about like precepts and laws and ordinances. Like how are these connected? What's going on here? All right. What David is trying to show us now in this second part of Psalm 19 is that different lens that we need to look at God through in order to understand who he is really like. And that different lens is the word of God, as David refers to the law. He does so in this very poetic way. I think I have a chart of this to show you what this is like, okay? David does this. He lists the law with some different type of word, okay? Then an attribute of that word and then the effect of that attribute, okay? So the instruction of the Lord, was it? what is it? Perfect. What does it do? Renews one's life. Testimony of the Lord. What is it? Trustworthy. What does it do? Makes the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord. What are they? Right. What do they do? They make the heart glad and on and on it goes, right? Do I have any artists in the room? Anybody who's a sculptor, painter, photographer? Come on. Get your hand up. Anybody? There it is. I see some of you, okay? What do you artists do after you've created something, some type of piece of art? What do you typically do? You put it on display, right? When David makes something, I don't put that thing on display. Nobody wants to see that, all right? It's not good for anybody. You guys are actually good at this stuff. When you create something, that piece of art is an extension of yourself. You put it on display for other people so they can know a little bit about who you are, and how you operate. It's the same thing with God when it comes to his word. He is an artist. He's a sculptor. He's a painter. And he's revealed himself through creation and through his word. And it's through his word specifically here that we learn things that he's like perfect. He's trustworthy, right, glad, radiant, pure, on and on it goes. So to get back to that theological language that we talked about, theologians refer to this idea, this type of revelation, as special revelation. Not general revelation, but special revelation. In other words, we get to learn more about who God is and what he wants from us when we look at his word, all right? 
I have a question here. How many of you for your job have to somewhat regularly write some type of paper or report and present it to people? How many of you have to do that for your job? Yeah, a few of you? Awesome, okay, great. I do too, that's why I'm up here on the stage right now, <laughs> okay? And in a previous season of life, I had to do this a lot more when I was in seminary, learning how to become a pastor. I had to write a lot of papers and present them to my professor. That whole program was, ex it was capstoned by what they call their orals examination. What I had to do for my orals examination was write a paper of everything that I believe about every theological topic. I had to back it up with verses from the Bible. Then I had to present that paper to a panel of professors and then defend it without notes orally. You think this is intimidating being up on that stage? You got to try that sometime, all right? So I thought when I was writing this sermon, I'm like, a lot of this stuff is already familiar, and I'm already kind of introducing the church here to these world, this world of theology with general and special revelation. Why don't they just read part of my paper to kind of better describe the idea here? So I have my orals paper right here. The very, very first doctrine that you are supposed to write on is that of revelation, all right? In other words, before we can talk anything else about who God is, we have to know how it is that we can even know him, okay? So I'm going to read you part of my section of my paper. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.